Hello, my name is Jim Morrissey. Hello, my name is David Ritchie. And this is the SNL Debrief. Work in progress. Work in progress title. But now we, I guess we've said it, so we can't change it. And if we think of a better one, I'll just, I'll ADR it in. Yeah, it's high tech. High tech. Uh, This is the first ever episode. Uh, So welcome. This is where essentially every week that SNL brings out a new episode on uh, Saturday night, we, on Sunday afternoons, will record a podcast giving our thoughts. Or at least attempt to. Yeah, we'll we'll attempt to provide. Yeah, exactly. I've actually, this is one of my 12 podcasts that I'm recording just today. You're yeah. doing two podcasts at one time. Yeah, I'm actually, uh, every other word that I'm saying right now is going towards my crypto podcast, and then every other word is to do with SNL. Do you think there's an overlap between SNL and crypto fans? I feel like it would make sense in a way. Which SNL cast member do you think is the most, uh, maybe not the most likely to be into crypto, but the most likely to sort of... Uh, or maybe t- maybe two questions. Okay, which SNL <laughs> cast member do you think is most likely to be into crypto? And which SNL cast member do you think appeals most to the crypto fans? I think I could imagine Chloe Feynman being was, into crypto. I was going to say. only because... I was going to say Chloe Feynman. I can imagine her doing almost anything. Yeah. Like, as long as it's negative. Um, even though I still really like her as a comedian and also as a personality. Yes. Uh, it's It's... She could be into crypto and I wouldn't be surprised. No, not at all. That was going to be my answer for that question. I could also imagine Michael Che doing crypto just because it would make money. Yeah. You know, he'd be like aware of it, but <laughs> just like aware of aware that it would stupid. Suck, but it's, it's stupid. But if it made money, he'd be like into it. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure about that. But <laughs> yeah, I think that's fair. Uh, now we've, that's our segment yeah, we'll be doing that every week <laughs> with the crypto update crypto updates every week um so yeah so we decided about a month ago that since we spent most of our time talking about snl <laughs> and researching snl and um listen uh, in my case listening to other people's podcasts about snl mm-hmm. that we would start our own and in that time we have gained so much to talk about. It's actually quite mad just how much. <laughs> most of which we don't really isn't stuff we were like anticipating <laughs> wanting to talk about necessarily. It's funny that sort of it's also the we, time okay. So we say what's about this off is you just uh, picked, showed on your phone a tweet from Chris Red that said, "So what did you guys do tonight?" <laughs> it's really weird, isn't it? I think it's also it's funny that like the only time that people outside of people who are fans of SNL think about SNL is when everyone is leaving it and yeah or like when there's like a especially bad sketch oh yeah, that yeah happens. That's, that's, the other, that's the other side of that coin yeah but people will also be like which i don't oh, think know, kate mckinnon's gone yeah snl shit again and it's like while that whole time most people are also saying snl is shit <laughs> while kate mckinnon yeah. was there and things you know it's so it's very funny to see people leave and then that being the death knell of snl yeah which, which i think the case which i think everyone who has ever worked on snl doesn't care about because it just happens to every cast yeah so like no one who's involved like lorne michaels isn't sitting in his office going oh no our show is bad now <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, you're right you're right he's not freaking out because they said his show was bad in 1978 um so but yeah it, it is always annoying i i got a tiktok the other day which was like 
when I say SNL's terrible, but then somebody who doesn't watch SNL says it's terrible, yeah. and I'm like straight into defensive mode. I'm like, no, 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 you don't understand. I think it's definitely a thing. Like being into K-pop is the yes. same thing as well, where I can absolutely oh, tear apart that, the music I'm into. Uh, and then as soon as someone who has no idea what they're talking about yeah. goes in for the criticism, it's like full on defense. I'm defending people who I hate. Yeah. I'm defending I think it's the same with a lot of fair. I remember one time we were at a, um, uh, a birthday party for a family friend and me, it was me, me, you and your mom and my dad and then another family friend who all of whom are massive Beatles fans. And we spent about an hour and a half talking about which Paul McCartney songs we hated the most. And we thought, <laughs> if we weren't fans of the Beatles, we wouldn't have this conversation. Yeah, you need. And to, if to someone like who it. wasn't a fan of the Beatles was overhearing you, they'd think we hated Paul McCartney. <laughs> um, but I think, I think SNL is like a huge example of uh, something that, even if you're a thriving fan base, part of the fact is you admit that there's a lot of... It's like you wade through most it. of it being pretty bad or at least mediocre to get the jewel, which is the occasional like yeah, and then or you, just the general you sort context of, of being into this like institution. I think that's I think that's why I love it so much is sort of the general context of yeah, it. Yeah. Let's get into some let let's stop our sort of rambly chat and get into something more more specific. Um, so we don't create a first episode, which is sort of unbearably long. So I'm going to ask you, um, I'm going to try and not take the reins too much on this, but I will point out that um, I have a little bit of, you know, on mic experience uh, co-hosting a radio show uh, or internet radio show with my dad. And also I listen to a huge amount of podcasts and my co-host here does not. <laughs> I have listened to podcasts, um, but my attention span doesn't necessarily yeah. sustain itself for long enough <laughs> to do that. Well, that bodes well for our, our listeners. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> it's 50% good. It's, 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 yeah, 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 exactly. So the first question I'm going to ask you is, before we get in, we should say we finished watching, because we are from the UK, we're across the pond, we did not watch this episode as it came out live, because we were asleep. Yeah, it's but Sunday we did, morning live. Isn't it? Yeah. We did just watch it, and um, but before we get into how we feel about what we just watched, I wanted to ask how excited slash apprehensive slash nervous were you about the people who had left this season and the direction that the show has n been known to go when quite a significant amount of people leave? Yeah. I mean, people always talk about SNL being kind of transitionary at the moment. Uh, like it has been for about 10 years, but like it hasn't really settled. Um, and so yeah. I was kind of just... Which I, I, I don't entirely agree with I don't with really that. agree with, but I can imagine that the cast doesn't really feel like it gels together. It hasn't really felt like that for a, a long while, where it feels like there's lots of good groups within the cast, but yes. like as a whole, the cast isn't necessarily like that cohesive, which isn't actually that huge of a problem. But it, I can imagine, I can see why people think that. So when people do leave, it, it doesn't yeah. really matter unless it's like so half of a duo, really or you know something like that. So I felt weird about Cecily Strong staying. I was like, she was, wasn't in this episode for a while. The show for a while, apparently she's she's right, off doing okay. stuff, which is good because she deserves to be doing lots of stuff, which yes. is nice enough. She's Big literally Cecily the fans, both of us. In. She, she, by oh, the, yeah. by the time Kate was like towards the end, she was funnier than Kate. Like, I, I do think she's like the oh, yeah. best on the show. 
Um, maybe not Keenan or something, but you know. Well, yeah, I mean, Keenan sort of almost goes without yeah. saying at this point. <laughs> it's true. Well, it's funny, we were talking about Kendrick Lamar's performance on this episode. We were saying it's like, we would be amazed, but we know that Kendrick Lamar's yeah, so Kenan good. Yeah, Keenan is always Keenan, and it was always good. Also, I think the other thing with Keenan is that you sort of just want him to just be on the show, whereas Cecily Strong, we watch her and we go, why are you not in so much yes, other exactly. stuff? Yes, exactly. It's also because it's like films, comedy films at the moment are in a weird like lull. Yes. Where it feels like no comedy film that's come out for a long time could do Cecily Strong justice. <laughs> like yeah. she'd have to go to a TV show and then she'd end up doing like Shrill, like AD or something, which is I have good, not seen but Shrill. it's not great. When duos like like Cecily's part of that, Kay, AD, and Cecily is like such a good combination of people. And now she's kind of, it feels like she shouldn't be in the cast because she's not anchored to anyone. Yeah, it was a little bit like when uh, last year when Beckley left, and we were both like, "Oh yeah, Kyle, that was really strange." Series because he had no one to part. Yeah, he did a little bit of stuff, but like in a way that felt that announcement of a leaving felt more strange than like this year's. Yeah, leaving where we were like, okay, all of these people will be sad to go, but like, it's sort of also is kind of their time, at least with the first people who announced they yeah. were left. When Alex left, I was like, that's all right because he's okay, he's good a lot of the time, but like, he never was the star of the show. No, and he would usually bounce off Mikey. If Mikey had left, then I'd be like, why is Alex still here? Sure, <laughs> like yeah. he was. On, they were like a combo that would make sense. And Melissa leaving was a shame we were like, we were big fans of melissa as a sort of p- person yeah exactly but maybe not a fan of her role on the show necessarily i think she's done some brilliant sketches over the years but mm. it wasn't like i guess i didn't feel like oh melissa is leaving that means that we're gonna miss out on a bunch of great sketches because we could never really guarantee that from her yeah, a lot of the time it morphed from this idea that Melissa was really mistreated to like, actually, the show just isn't for her. Yes. And the, but the whole time I went from thinking, oh, Melissa is like massively underutilized by the show. She's never given anything that she should be in. She's never in any like background sketches. And then when she started being in background sketches, it was like, oh, actually, she just should be doing something else in the end. Like she had a good run of some good sketches, but towards the end, it just wasn't for her. Yeah, I will point out one of my all-time favorite SNL sketches is the one where she plays a grandma who is dying and the only words that she can spit out (laughs) as she is like fading and dying is um like the the lyrics to a Nickelback song (laughs) I always forget about that one always like the one with her and Felicity Jones at a resort and they talk about like looseness (laughs) yeah so weird that's that's pretty good like while she was Kind of while it kind of came to realize that it wasn't for her, this kind of idea that she was still mistreated was still the biggest narrative among like fans, at least. And it was like, I don't really. You're know. more into the narratives among fans than I yeah, am. Yeah, I'm like on Reddit a lot. Yeah, <laughs> that's, most, that's how I, I like engage with the show. Well, you're on the good side of Reddit. I feel we should. General. Oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> Not on like um. um the yeah, and then like Aristotle. Uh, every there's always one cast member who joins for a year and then can't handle it and a lot of people were really like quick to assume that aristotle had this like attitude problem and yeah i just feel like you have to cut people the benefit of the doubt oh yeah definitely it's like insanely difficult and everyone knows that but then also we'll still kind of be like 
this is the opportunity of your career and you're blowing it because you couldn't, you know, appear on weekend update as much. And it's like, I don't know how, you don't know how it works. Like it's, it's so difficult. Yeah. It's, it's extremely difficult. Um, and then Chris Red was the last person who left, who I sort of felt like was the biggest. That loss. was mad. I mean, Chris Red's and lost as we as we mentioned, he just tweeted something. Yes. Uh, um, but so I mean, him leaving was crazy because he's arguably one of the like maybe top three people of last season. And he was in so many sketches. He was in so many sketches. He 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 was in a lot of songs which you clearly felt like he had done almost entirely by himself. Mm. And also, it felt like he'd been on the show for a bit, but he was coming into his own yeah. and was sort of ready to take the show into a new direction and sort of be a, a star of the show. Yeah, I know what you mean. He, and also, it's funny to think that he doesn't really have like a lot on the go on the side outside of SNL. Isn't he in a show with Keenan? Or he's doing a show. I think he's doing some stuff. Something like that. Yeah, I think... It would be like Mikey leaving because of Is It Cake? Yeah, we will try not to mention Is It Cake too much, (laughs) which I have not seen yet. It was really bad. (laughs) It was really bad. Like, people weren't exaggerating. Um, Uh, I, yeah, I I don't want to get too much into the sort of, like, oh, maybe this happened backstage and maybe this cast member doesn't like this cast member and all that. Because it at the end of the day, it's, like, not really what I like SNL for. Well, it kind of is, but... <laughs> I'm interested in that. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to say I'm not interested. I feel like the only thing we spoke about Aristotle was this rumour that he punched Will <laughs> Michaels in the face last series, like, midway through the show and then appeared on Weekend Update right after. <laughs> and, yeah. like, obviously that... Like, no way did that happen, but it was the only thing I could associate with him because it was just this hilarious idea that <laughs> that was, like... The, the idea that there's, like, drama is really appealing to me. Yeah, no, that is very funny, the idea that that might have happened. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> um, but Chris Aristotle, Red's... Aristotle, come on the podcast if you're... If you... <laughs> spill, I don't know if I want to now. He's... It's just too dangerous. He could, he could attack us. He could. Yeah, over Zoom, we should specify. Yeah. Just the fist comes out through the camera. Though. Yeah. Okay, so the other question I asked before we get into yesterday's episode is, what are your thoughts on Miles Teller as an actor or as a celebrity, just in general? <laughs> I didn't like Top Gun Maverick. I have not yet seen Top Gun Maverick or Top Gun, the original. I know I didn't see the original either. I don't think a lot of people yeah. went into it seeing the original, which is weird to think of. But you don't, to be honest, the reason you don't need to see Top Gun, the original, is because Top Gun Maverick is the most surface level fucking film of all time. Like, there's no, I mean, it, it, and that's fine, but it's just like, let's not pretend it's, it's interesting. Like, yeah, it just didn't really appeal to me. Yeah, I think that's pretty fair. But, um, I... Also, whenever I said to my friends that I didn't like Top Gun Maverick, they'd be like, but it's for the gay community. And it's like, and they and Marcella said that in the monologue as well. And it's like, I feel like I'm being gaslit here. There's like one scene and it's not even interesting. It's ridiculous. Um, yeah, I I feel like if you think that Top Gun Maverick is really the film <laughs> that the gay community needed. It's it's not true. Um I get him confused with Ezra Miller a lot, but I <laughs> promise not to. Fair enough. Just because I think their names are almost the same, even though they're not really. Oh, you know, what? I can kind of, I can kind of understand that. I can't sympathize with it, but I can empathize with it. Okay. 
<laughs> Thank you for your empathy. Okay, let's get into the show. Okay, I think we, we just sat down to watch it and we, we were watching it on YouTube uh, with the YouTube playlist, <laughs> which is always out of order. And I don't understand why well, that they, is. they bothered to put the cold open up first. Yeah, they do. The they bothered to do that. Monologue, and then maybe the first sketch. And then after that, it's no man's land. You just have to guess. Sometimes the first clip of Weekend Update won't be the first. Oh, yeah, yeah. Op- it's you so... You use your intuition. It's so boring. I think no one's going to disagree with us that SNL cold opens aren't usually funny. It's very funny to think... I think, for one thing... If you look at cold opens, Colin Jost writes almost all of them. Right. Um, and the humor is almost always just look at this parade of cameos. And yeah. it's always just like, who thinks this works? I don't know. It's it's very odd. Yeah. I, it, I think it's almost like SNL sort of has this reputation and, and like deep, like more so than any other TV show on the planet, like a history to it of, and and because that history is somewhat to do with making fun of the politics of the time, it like, I guess feels like it has a, a some sort of like, it, a need to keep that up. And so usually they sort of throw any political jokes they have onto the cold open and then just sort of leave it yeah. to do and I kind of understand it. It's fine. If you are going to, like, debut live and you have been, like, doing a live show for nearly 50 years, you kind of do need to be a bit topical and you can't really, like, fade into a niche. But at the same time, like, that doesn't mean I'm going to laugh at it. Yeah, it's usually big. they don't really have, like, a format. It's kind of just, like... Uh, yeah, unless they're, like, a, a, a debate. Yeah. Which you know sometimes are quite funny, but uh, but a huge it, shocking twist. It was good. It was really quite funny because they were. It was essentially, essentially the. It was kind of making fun of us. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> As two, it was about two people watching SNL and commenting on it in real time. <laughs> <laughs> it was basically what we would be what doing. We would. Uh, um, but they had a lot of great in jokes. My f- the part of the sketch that made me laugh the most was Sarah Sherman watching the sketch through the back of the set and then being picked up on camera. Yeah, it's funny to think that the only way they could think to incorporate everyone and include Sarah Sherman <laughs> was include her as some kind of pervert. Just I'm sure around. she didn't mind. That is basically her persona on the show is just <laughs> continually some creepy. Yeah, background and character. also like some funny. Uh, stuff about the new cast members sort of being in the shot and then opening a door and then not saying anything. Yeah, it's funny to think that they basically made fun of the cast members like, isn't it funny that cast that these new cast members won't get any good roles and then for the rest of the episode gave them no good <laughs> roles like, yep, you were right. Yep. Uh but I I I solidly laughed at this cold open and uh I think it was made me more out of shock. <laughs> yeah, we were just like, it's always surprising. I think the last really good cold open that I would watch a lot would be that one where Alan Dershowitz goes to hell. And that was like two, three seasons ago. Yeah, I don't even remember that one. That is a good, that's a good I'll sketch. It's got Adam Driver as Jeffrey Epstein. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, may, maybe I haven't seen that one. I that. don't know. It, it felt like 
the show was like very aware of the fact that it was going through this transition period, but like was able to make jokes about it. But then I was glad that they didn't just do that for the whole episode in a way. Um, I don't know. I just felt very positive about this whole introduction. I was still kind of skeptical. It felt like the fact that they had to open the whole show with a kind of acknowledgement that everyone was going to think it was really bad. Yeah. Um, was a bit, I don't know what you'd call it, but a bit demeaning on itself. And it sure. was like, you really have to follow up with some good stuff if you're going to do this kind of self-referential, like, aren't, don't you think SNL's terrible? Ha <laughs> ha, like, comedy. Yeah. And it's, you know, I think I almost pulled it off with the rest of the episode, but, but by standing by itself, it was funny for sure. Yeah, I, d I do also understand that, that it is a little bit like, you know, I'm wa I'm watching the show because I actually do want it to be good, not because I'm expecting it to be bad. Yeah. We're not like, oh, yes, another cold open where James Austin Johnson <laughs> is Trump again for no, for just no good reason at all. And then I have a bunch of cars I have come genuinely, out as random political figures. Yes. I've genuinely heard James Austin Johnson as Trump in the last year more than I have heard Trump. Yeah, in any not, sense. Because outside of America, he's not a presence. Like, he doesn't appear in media. He, I don't even not really know if he's a presence in America. He's but on I'm Fox, sure he, I think. Yeah, I'm sure so he that's is. basically it. And, like, that means he is a, still a big presence because so many people watch Fox. But outside of America, it's like, again, it, the comedy just doesn't really translate. It just feels like you're digging up an yeah. impression that you should have been using, like, five years ago. I talk about the monologue, but there isn't usually ever anything interesting to ever say about the monologue. Yeah, I think the logo is what the thing I noticed about wow. the monologue. Wow, crazy stuff! This is mad. The interior. Where design, is the bold blue and yellow, man? They have to. They're gonna have to change the live from New York subreddit that I keep cross-referencing to see what the order of the absolutely sketches are. Scandalous! I Why were we not consulted on this? <laughs> I don't like it. I mean, I, maybe it's just a it's very, to change. It's very wispy. It's a little like, you know, when Google and all those companies change their kind of character filled, you know, little rusty logos to like streamlined, mm. you know, bold. And it's just like, where's the personality? Where's the personality, you know? man? This isn't, this isn't a well-oiled machine. It does, yeah. The new logo does look like maybe some sort of like investment stock company. <laughs> it's the crypto. It doesn't pop know. like a, like a NBC six, like show. The sure. thing is, is that it doesn't matter. I no, just get used to it. It's completely, almost completely immediately. irrelevant. Yeah, and it's <laughs> totally irrelevant. <laughs> <laughs> um, but what was their first actual sketch? Because I remember it being good. I know it was. We watched it like an hour ago. But yeah. Was it the one about the investment bros, or was that later on? That was not good. So I mean, it wasn't great. No. So I don't think that was. Oh, the first one was that game show. Oh yeah, the game show, which was sort of. It was a bit clunky, but it was a bit clunky, but it was also like weirdly written. Yeah, and that like I wasn't sure. We were talking about this while we were watching it, which was like uh, any fake text that you make up for Adam yes. Levine to send can't be funnier than what he actually has texted. People. Genuinely, it doesn't. I mean, they had to like end the sketch with a quote from him, and it's like that joke's already been done. Like you, you didn't write that. Um. Also, Adam Levine is not, like, an imp... Like, what was that impression? Like, either you do an impression of his music or... Yeah. Because he's not, like, a person that you recognize on the street or anything. Yeah. I don't know. That, I mean, that sketch was... Was, was fine. 
I can't I can't really wrap my head around why they included Bo and Yang in it. Yeah. I I guess because he's the person that everyone sort of loves at the moment. Yeah, for sure. So they want him to be it as much. But it was as a possible. strange way to include him. And also cemented almost immediately the idea that SNL writers haven't got enough time to figure out how to end sketches. Oh yeah, that, the I first... think that was the worst. <laughs> yeah, the one. first. Actually, they actually, come back that with. was a that was a much much worse ending to a sketch, which we'll get into. Which I think maybe <laughs> okay, I can't actually, even remember should, what it was. Should we talk about? Should we start with some negative and talk yeah, okay, about yeah, maybe that's, what that's I just... think was definitely the worst sketch of the night? I wouldn't be surprised if it was the worst sketch of the entire season, which was the. Uh, Caribbean Queen sketch <laughs> with Heidi Gardner and uh, Ego Wodum. I think it was, um, I don't know if it's just because Heidi has the same outfit in it, but it just was basically that Africa sketch with Adele, uh, but yeah. like just slightly different and sl- much less funny. There was no jokes in it. No. I no. don't think there was a single it was joke. It, it was one of those things where people always talk about how just the inclusion of Keenan can sometimes be perceived as a joke. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And yeah, like you, if Keenan's in it, just saying words in his way, then it will be funny. But yeah, like, no, it was no, not. It was bad. Uh, but we did get a little cameo from a new cast member whose name is. He is playing Frank Ocean. He's playing Frank Ocean. That was who I they think is Billy Ocean. Someone son. said that he. I, some people on social media said he was the one people like right. selected okay. as the. But again, another tangent. All of these four new people are stand-ups. They're not yeah. sketch comics. Comics. So all these people being good stand-ups, like that's cool. But have they got what it takes? It's a good segue into. We'll talk a little bit about uh, the weekend update segment. Which are was, we going to keep doing the negative stuff, or are we just going to sort of follow? Where I think we're just going to follow where yeah, our heart fair is. Enough. <laughs> we uh, uh, yeah. yeah. If well, this is our first episode. We're just seeing how things go. We, maybe we in iron out the creases. Maybe later. in the next episode, we'll go by sketch by sketch and see if that. But, you know, we don't want it to be too clinical. Exactly. Um, do you have the name of this guy on hand? Oh, I, I already remember it. Do you? Michael Longfellow. Michael Longfellow. He came on on Weekend Update and did basically stand-up. Yeah. Um, always interesting to sort of speculate as to why certain cast members are getting spotlighted on Weekend Update more than others. Uh, but obviously, because the show is, like, put together in a week, you can't really, like... Yeah, There's never sure. that much science behind it. Um, and I guess this guy just felt like he would fit on Weekend Update. And I think he did a pretty good job at you being know funny. I didn't think about it until just now, but that could be a sort of Weekend Update audition. Because yes, did, that's he true. didn't seem like a personality that was fit for sketches or a particularly adaptable personality. He seemed it's, like Norm yeah, MacDonald. It's, it's hard to judge. Yeah, he, got, he gave a sort of Norm MacDonald, but in, with a slighter, lighter sensibility. Yeah, for sure. Um, that's true. I mean, I guess Colin Jost and Michael Che have been doing Weekend Update for quite a while now. None of them have expressed, neither of them have expressed any wish to leave the show at all. Are you crazy? Michael Che is always talking about leaving the show. And is it's he? impossible to tell whether he's being serious, but he, every season he says he's leaving the show. I've always, he's I've like the Daniel Craig and, of <laughs> and it will, inevitably it will happen, but he, <laughs> it's hard to tell what he's talking about. Oh, I've always, I've only ever seen things where People just ask him and he just says, no, he's willing. Yeah, but on on Instagram, he's (laughs) almost constantly leaving the show. Like, it's just his thing, I think. (laughs) That is funny. But yeah, that's a good point. I hadn't thought about that. And also people assume that once Lorne Michaels resigns, Colin Jost will take over. Really? I've heard people say that about Keenan. Oh, yeah, but I mean, Colin Jost is... 
he's like head writer and he's sort of yeah but there are like quite a lot yeah it does make sense either would make sense to be fair but i can imagine that they'd want to kind of have someone in the wings and especially considering that like when people come on weekend update to do stand-up they usually have more of a thing that like demonstrates their personality like sarah sherman's first stand-up thing was so out there yeah it was great and Andrew Dismukes was also kind of it demonstrated that like yeah really this this was very slightly similar left to field things is kind of the other cast the other new cast members no idea no idea they didn't get anything they were thrown into the background of the AMC uh, yeah, Nicole Kidman oh sketch, that was good which was great and um, I think really the problem is is that that AMC thing is so inherently funny just <laughs> by itself that it's quite hard to like do anything funnier to it it's just I like not really i think they kind of succeeded though yeah, i think it was it worked very well i think i don't know we would we were sort of mentioned this with the caribbean queen sketch which is that i think heidi gardner and ego wordham are very funny but of those sort of like new uh female cast members that are on the show at the moment i don't really see them going forward outside of the show as much as I do somebody like Chloe Feynman, who I feel is funny enough to like carry on her own something like very yeah. unique. I mean, like, being a kind of funny woman in film or TV is so like random as to how it yeah. works because it, it doesn't, I don't know. It feels very like you'd be fighting an uphill battle to achieve any success. It doesn't feel like it's meritocratic at all. Yeah, it's true, and I guess SNL is a place where people's own sort of sensibilities can shine, but I think especially for female comics, once they're put into more of a, I need to pitch this to an actual studio instead of pitching it to a group of comedic writers, yeah. it's harder to gain that success because people like, oh, there'll be like a man in a suit being like, I don't know what you mean. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, you either have to have a really great ability to write comedy, yeah, which it's hard to tell if cast members do or don't because you don't necessarily know who writes what or how much of what they write you know or you have to have a really strong comedic personality like melissa mccarthy or something yeah who melissa mccarthy is great but she's always melissa mccarthy and she always basically plays the same role in everything there were two other weekend update things which were both maybe slightly missed the mark yeah kind of I feel like Bo and Yang, Bo and Yang did a thing about this insect that is like terrorizing America at the Hasn't moment. Hasn't he already done like sort of camp insect before? Yeah. And he didn't, he did it better last time, yeah. I think. <laughs> it well, felt I'm like in his corner every time though. Oh like, yeah, I'm absolutely. Never, ever gonna but I feel like this one was slightly trying to recapture the magic of that iceberg sketch. Oh with yeah. With it being like really sassy, but there wasn't like enough good lines It was It was a parody of like those Dr. Phil style yeah. shows. And it, like... You know, those are funny, but I'm not super familiar with them. And I think that Iceberg sketch just had so many, like, lines that you could just sort of quote sure. outside of the sketch, whereas this slightly didn't have that as much. Um, are there any other sketches that were, like, really good that we're missing out? There was the Be Real bank robbery. That was blatant, how obvious that was sponsored. Yeah. It was very funny. Um, funnier than the sketch, maybe. <laughs> I don't think it was bad, but it was it was slightly too. I just sort like of find they be, needed to make a be real yeah, sketch, and I just sort of find be real as a concept kind of amusing anyway. Yes, it, definitely. I don't really get it. I mean, I get it, but you, once you kind of download be real, it's like 
God, I'm so boring. And I do also think <laughs> it kind of captured that whole thing of like just how much people do sort of want to tell you about be real and how great it is when you don't have it. Yeah. And it's like, oh, well, it's social media, but authentic. It's like the most authentic thing, which would just be not do any of it. Just not post. I still have not bowed down to downloading it. But then I felt that way about TikTok for a long time. And then uh, I got it. So. That was people who refused to bow down to TikTok. You, you just have to like, you want to like slam them into a wall yeah, or something. Genuinely, it's like, like, what are you doing? It's not the same. You know, TikTok, TikTok is not just social media. It's like it's life. Of, it's <laughs> it, it consumes you. Speaking of TikTok, another segue, no mention of Jake Novak, which I was very happy about. You were happy about? I was happy that they didn't mention him. I don't think they could have mentioned him. How would they have done it and it yeah, not but they... been awful? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, true. I'm glad that they didn't like try and make a joke about like a Weekend Update joke. I don't know. I just feel like <laughs> I don't really know because I'm on a spe- I guess that's the problem with TikTok is you're on a specific side of social media. Yeah, but it, it was does feel so like, all engrossing. It does feel like that tell. situation like was like what people were talking about in regards to SNL for like an entire summer that I'm glad they didn't <laughs> make a joke about it just because it, it's not they it wouldn't have made like it funny at all. Yeah. If it happened now, they'd have probably done some offhand thing. But, yeah. you know, they, they have to catch up with all this summer stuff. You know, they, when they randomly included a Stranger Things reference <laughs> in one of those, I can't even remember which one it was. It's just like the investment bros. Oh yeah, that. I don't know why. I suddenly the negativity rolls out whenever I start talking. Whenever I start talking about, especially Mikey Day, in a few sketches. I like. I like Mikey Day. I'm gonna preface it. I don't hate Mikey Day, but he's definitely at the bottom of my like ranking of cast members at the moment. I think he is good when he's a specific kind of co- doing a specific sure. kind of comedy, and then he's like really bad when he's doing another like. And I feel like I don't know some someone involved in the process of writing SNL does not cannot tell the difference. I I always just assume that anything that he's doing has been written by him. Oh yeah, that's that absolutely true. He does write a huge amount of his own stuff. So I, I don't know. I just feel like there's just something about his whole vibe <laughs> that i'm just never quite able to get on board with but he does also write a lot of other sketches yeah. for other people which is weird so i don't know he's very funny it's just a, it's I, a weird I, interesting person to I think about i slightly fear that he's gonna be on the show for like many 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 years to come just because i can't see There's, his life outside of that and that makes me almost like him less because I feel like, is this just going to be I feel like a if part Beck of the and show? Kyle did like seven to eight years, I don't think he'd do more than that. He's been around for but Beck maybe and Kyle eight of, now. As soon as they were there, people were like, oh, these two could have their own show and do their own stuff. Whereas I don't feel anyone saying that about... Someone said it about him and that, and that they created is, is it cake? cake? Um, which <laughs> it was... Uh, I've people were talking to me about like, oh, you watch SNL, you know this guy, right? Isn't he unfunny? And it's like, kind of, like yeah, but is like also yes. so is everyone on SNL at time. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, people were taking clips from Bo and Yang in Gen Z Hospital when Elon Musk hosted and was like, this guy's cringy as shit. And it's like, yeah, Bo and Yang's a genius. Yeah, and that was a great sketch. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> honestly, going back to it, I think it's funnier than we gave it credit for. 
Um, I do think, I th- also think that one of the other things about like the way that social media loves to sort of tear down SNL whenever they make like references to social media and stuff and people are like, this is SNL just like so awfully trying to like pander to young yeah. kids. And it's like, no, these people are on social media. They're yeah, like it's in written their 30s. by 20s and 30s, year, mid 20s yeah, and Yeah, like they're not making a reference to like a TikTok creator because they like were told to do that. And they had to like study. They just get these people on TikTok because they they're on they're TikTok. on TikTok. Like, yeah, I think people assume that the only people who use social media are like seventeen year olds, or like just people who are younger than them. Yeah, they can't, for sure. Um, people can't imagine that people older than them use social media. It's yeah, a weird they... thing. Um, I I guess that's sort of There's mostly Kendrick Lamar, but we didn't actually bother watching both Kendrick Lamar perf- performances. Yeah, I just feel like it. It's on with those kind of acts who are like aren't necessarily like big crowd pleasers to go on SNL. Because well, Kendrick Lamar would be a big crowd pleaser, but he's not the SNL. Well, he would be a crowd. crowd he'd pleaser. be a crowd pleaser to people who wanted to go see SNL. But it's not like a like a Katy Perry where you can put her on stage and people who haven't aren't fans are just going to be like, oh yeah, this is fun. Did you bring up Katy Perry specifically because of her awful SNL performance? Yeah, that's a good point. I said it and then sort of realized that <laughs> like it wasn't well, the like, best example. You should bring up Lana Del Rey. <laughs> um, no, Kendrick Lamar also is kind of like a hype artist. I, yeah, know? I guess and so. And that song, that performance, that stage would work really well in a concert full of people who were waiting to hear yeah. that song and that performance, especially how it built up and stuff. And on SNL where people can't cheer, they can't stand up, they can't move. Yeah. That performance, but that energy is always going to be When your tickets cost like £137 for seats at the back of the O2, some of us can't see him live, Kendrick. It's true. I tried. Really? I, Did you? £137? Well, I tried. Well, when I say try, I mean I tried to look on the website and then yeah, I saw the price. so hard on that. You were like... Yeah. Sweating over those tickets. Sweating over, it's just looking at the price, not actually trying to buy them. Just sweating <laughs> over the price and then deciding not to buy them. Um, someone says, "Boy, this isn't going to be a popular season here." Uh, judging by the reaction, <laughs> to this. I just, I don't know. I think the first episode is never the best episode. Never the best. But I thought this was, and it was fine. pretty good for for an awesome. intro to yeah. a, a new, basically a fifty percent new cast, is what it felt like. We also forgot about maybe the best sketch of. The, the century the charming bears sketch yeah pretty good apparently plagiarized we will never know <laughs> um good always good to see choreographed dance routines in snl because you have about tw- two out of two minutes to learn the choreos <laughs> always what it looks like so i uh, always love seeing that i i did think you know was quite funny in that sketch i also like that punky johnson was in it because i think she's very funny yeah, I think Punky needs... And she doesn't really get enough screen time. She would. It would be nice to see Punky with screen time. I think she might morph into a slight Melissa figure. Um, if she, if this isn't her season, I don't know. I won't... If you've ever listened... If you, I'm, I'm answering this knowing that the answer is no, but have you ever listened to Brett Goldstein's podcast, Films to be Buried With? I have no idea who <laughs> Brett Goldstein even is. He's in Ted Lasso, which oh. I haven't seen. Neither have I. I got the Apple... Plus TV pro like a trial period, so I was like, maybe I should see it. Um, but she did an episode because they were like met doing stand up, and so before she was even on SNL, she was on this podcast, and she's so weird. Really? <laughs> well, she's just like slightly weirder than like she's very out in the open about like 
like what she is and who she is. And that she, is cool. There's definitely a there's definitely a space for that. Yeah, because there's a, a question on that podcast, which is what is the sexiest film? And then <laughs> oh, there's no. an, a next the follow up question to that is what's a film that you found sexy that you weren't sure you should? And her answer was Scream because she f- found something quite sexy in the fact that the two the main guy from Scream wants to have sex with his girlfriend before he murders her. I thought she was a lesbian. Yeah, she is. Well. She's been married for like eight years. That's very funny. But I was like, <laughs> she said that and I was like, what the hell? That's definitely a, a real take on that Scream. I was going to be like, Scream is a not a weird film to think is sexy. It's a slasher. That's the whole point of slashes. Is yeah, but she sort of found it sexy that... Yeah, that was, was his wrong, plan. That's the wrong way to think of it as sexy. There's, I don't want to be objective here, but that's not right. <laughs> <laughs> but that's kind of standable. I won't lie. Uh, anyway, we hope we'll be back next week. Who's uh, hosting next w- week? Wait a second. Oh, sorry. I'm on live from New York. Okay. I have a hot take from a user. Too much incel mocking for my taste. <laughs> I'm glad they kept most political satire in and enjoyed the trend marketing satire. I mean... What the sketch are they issue. referring to? I the, guess finance bros? That's what I've always been saying is that incels are just too vilified by SNL. <laughs> really you horrible. are always saying this. Yeah, and actually I've been saying it to people who I don't even know. Um, but it's You sent Lorne Michaels a personal email. I punched him in the face <laughs> about this. Yeah. In, I, I told you were Aristotle in Arist- to do you, it. You were in Aristotle costume and somebody <laughs> saw you and thought it was him. I, I have absolutely no idea. I only wanted to say that because I have absolutely no idea what that's referencing. I think, is it the finance bros where he says he's never had sex before? Yeah. I don't think that makes him an insult. He was trying. Insults don't try. That's the whole no, they definition do, of an insult. because they're involuntarily celibate. Yeah, but the thing is, is that to get to that stage, you have to have completely given up. You know, you have to right. believe that you have no, there's no hope. And so that guy had hope. He was actually an insult icon to as- that insults could aspire to uh, that one day he could, they could be like him. And so I think that guy has completely the wrong agenda here. I also think so, but for slightly more generic reasons. <laughs> <that> <laughs> I think I think more incel mocking is always needed. I think that's also fair. There's there's definitely <laughs> that is a good a take. Funny take. There's always a good take, and that's the crazy <laughs> thing about Reddit is that even on the best places, the worst people will crop up <laughs> and not realize that they're the worst people. That is um, literally <laughs> awful. It's just the best. It's. I mean, you never want to say Reddit is the best social media, but it, it has its pros. Yeah, uh, if you're willing to sort of laugh at the horror, we're just looking at the new logo. Uh, anyway, you can follow this podcast at the SNL Debrief, subject to change, out on Twitter, <laughs> on TikTok, and on Instagram. TikTok? Yeah, I haven't set up the accounts yet, but I will once we've finished. Um, and YouTube as well, where we'll be posting the full... Uh, full episodes but you can also listen to them on spotify and other platforms potentially but i don't also, even know the other platforms well this is how new there's, I am there's the podcast app which i listen to podcasts on there for like a week when my spotify subscription ran out <laughs> um, <laughs> well good luck saying all that up. yeah that's not my problem no it's not um you can also follow each of us uh, on you can follow me on TikTok. Yeah, you can follow Gene. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. I, you can't follow me. Don't follow me. 
you can follow me on tiktok and instagram i i make music which uh and isn't released yet but it could be released at some point in the future um and i post like music facts and tiktok um so yeah follow us there and who's hosting next week oh it's brendan gleason what for what reason i have no oh he's in a new martin mcdonald movie that is weird. Which That's is supposed weird. to be really good. I'm really excited for that. And Wilco are the musical guest. Oh, this is going to be unbearable for me. I'm not going to enjoy anything about this. You don't like Wilco? I saw Wilco live earlier this year. They were great. Yeah, that's you. That's <laughs> on you. I like heavy metal drummer. That's a good song. That, that, well, I'm interested to see what will happen. Yeah, that's going to be a cool episode. Uh, and we hope you'll join us for a discussion. Discussion. Uh, next week. Goodbye. Goodbye.